Welcome aboard. We're excited to be here tonight in a worldwide simulcast with Dr. Jonathan Hansen and World Ministries International. This is going to be a live show Friday, January 6th, 2023. Dr. Hansen, the microphone is yours. You want to open us in prayer? Thank you. Father God, I want to thank you, dear God, for this time we have tonight. We just pray, Lord, that again, uh, listeners, people watching on television, they're going to be uh, excited about the truth of Jesus Christ. They're going to be excited about what they're going to watch, uh, both in the message on grace, as well as, dear God, again, when my daughter shares. So we just thank you. Uh, bless this program tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome all of you that are watching uh, the Warning Television Program, uh, our social media podcast, uh, listening on radio, shortwave, or uh, warning radio stations, programs, channels. Also, uh, this is again, we're on Shannon Davis, Omega Man Radio. And uh, so we're doing this program together. And he's out of Bali, Indonesia. Now, I have a great program for you. What you're going to hear first is a message I did on grace for each other. You know, grace is so very important. Uh, then my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, she shares in a church in California on hidden with Christ in glory. She's, she's teaching uh, to students. And then um, later on, right after that, you're going to hear three of my daughters sing Tamara, Talitha, and Kareen. And this was actually, they sung this in my television studio years ago. And uh, the message, or the song, I should say, is O Sufuni Mungu. Okay, let's go right now. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Those that are listening on radio or shortwave or watching social media, one of our podcast programs, welcome. This is a live audience. We're in our chapel here at World Ministries International. I'm going to speak on grace for each other. Grace for each other. We all need grace. Most people do not fully understand the meaning of grace. We all have experienced grace, but most people do not recognize it. God has given everyone grace, yet many people do not give grace to others. Instead of grace, sometimes they want vengeance. They want to retaliate. They want to make the person who hurt them to now feel pain themselves. Fortunately, God doesn't feel and act this way toward us for causing his son to have to die on a cross. God doesn't say, quote, because you betrayed Jesus, because you lied about Jesus, because you called my son names, you beat, whipped, and nailed him to a cross, all the while mocking him, now I will have my vengeance on the human race. Thank God he gives us grace. No, God forgave us. 
Jesus himself on the cross said, quote, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, unquote. Luke 23, 34. Can we give grace? We want to receive grace. But can you give grace? Or are we so nitpicky that, wow, you feel, man, it's better to live alone. I don't need to be around that person. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. By grace, you're saved through faith. There's nothing we can do. God is giving it to us. His grace. We can't earn it. We don't even deserve it. God looks on sin and he cannot live in its presence. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. His blood covered our sins. So we can receive grace. That was grace from God himself. That was grace by Jesus willing to sacrifice. Only God can give grace. Only God can give eternal life. Man can't earn it. Even with grace, we are growing from grace to grace. Amen? Amen. From faith to faith. We are hopefully better than we are yesterday. I look back 30 years ago. I say, wow. I'm a lot more patient and kind. Tolerance. 30 years ago, my goodness, young man, young pastor, when I was in law enforcement, Air Force, I couldn't give a lot of grace. Maybe I thought I could. And some people think they're giving grace and they don't. They give grace to a limited degree that they know how to receive grace, but they don't understand God's grace. They don't receive totally God's mercy and grace to the point of it's part of their being, their fabric, their consciousness, their soul, where they can give grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Only God can do it. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, they boasted, but they never had experienced the level of sanctification where they should have been ashamed of themselves. They did not even understand grace. For they would have seen that the Lord looked at their level of sanctification as filthy rags. Look at their hypocrisy. Grace is what God gives us, and grace is what the church needs to give to win other people to the Lord, to minister to one another. We all need grace, and this is one reason we need to attend a church. We need one another. We all will face crisis in our lives, and many, many times. And sometimes we go through very deep waters. We're not supposed to do it alone. 
God's grace is there. His Holy Spirit is there. He's the comforter, but he also gave each one of us to comfort one another, to bear one another's burdens. We're supposed to extend grace to one another and help one another. Like Mary, I've been exhorting us to pray for her, do what we can to carry her burdens, to let her know you care. Mary needs it. Fred needs it. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God, the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The Apostle Paul understood the loneliness of suffering alone. He could talk this way. He also appreciated the fellowship of the brethren that ministered to him. He went through many things alone. He had to draw on God's grace, God's mercy, God's love. But he also experienced much of the brethren also extending grace and mercy and love and kindness to him. Again, the title, Grace for Each Other. Philippians 1, 3 through 5. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with joy. For your fellowship is the gospel in, from the first day until now. So he understood and appreciated the kindness of, if we want to say, the saints. He understood it. He appreciated it. He needed it. We all need it. We're supposed to support one another. If you don't support one another, you become a miserable soul. And you're miserable when things happen to you. Because we're not supposed to be alone. If you're alone, you're not going to like heaven. You're not going to like it because you're not going to be alone. It's going to be people that understood what grace was all about. Paul used the word thank which has the same root word as Eucharist. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Eucharist is the word used for communion. The bread and wine representing the body and the blood of Christ. The EU in Eucharist means well, whereas the second part of Eucharist is caress, which means grace. Just break it down. So Paul was thanking God for what the Holy Spirit was doing as his comforter, as the Lord promised in Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is he that goeth with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Paul went through a lot of suffering if you recall, a lot, a lot more than any other apostle that I know of in his day, in what I read. Yet, he says, be as strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you. 
Lean on him. Draw nigh unto him. Yet he was also encouraged and strengthened by the brethren, like I shared, that supported him. And we're going to read more scripture of that. Yes, we can draw nigh unto God, but it's also nice when other people also carry our battles, our burdens, our suffering, show concern and love. Everybody needs love. If you don't need love, something is very wrong with you. Because humans need love. If you don't want love, if you say, I don't need love, you need a lot more of God than you think. Because God made us and God is love. And we are made to love. We are made to love. We're made to forgive. We're made to offer grace. Joshua 1.5. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you, nor will I forsake you. Again, drawing on the grace of God, he is there. He's our comforter. Moses understood that. Moses had Joshua and others, but he also many times bore a lot of burdens himself. Sure, others were there. But to do what he had to do, he had to draw on the grace of God to confront Pharaoh, the ten plagues to go where there was no escape, to see water come out of the rock. There was a lot that he needed to draw nigh unto God himself besides receiving comfort with the saints around him. Although sometimes the saints around him weren't too comforting. A lot of them gave him a lot of headaches. Some of them encouraged, others discouraged. They even tried to lead a rebellion and many were killed several times. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he had said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, there's a saying, with God, we can do all things. You know, I can do all things, Scripture says, through God that gives me the strength. I don't have to covet Something else. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Jesus understood that we needed God. Even though he was ascending to the Father, Still, God would be with them. Inside of us, called the Holy Spirit. We don't ever have to be alone. He is there. We can cry out to him. Even if you're somewhere where you don't have the saints to comfort you, or the saints aren't very comforting, God is there. God is there. The second part of Eucharist. Again, means grace. So Paul was not only thanking God for always being there inside of him to comfort and guide him, but he was also thanking the brethren 
for being there for him. He was thanking the church for standing with him in crisis. Amen? Charis means grace. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can do all things. We don't have to fall apart. We don't have to just put the blame on others for our misery. If you are miserable, you're making yourself miserable. Because God's grace is there. I have gone through a lot of troubles, a lot of betrayals, court cases. God's grace was there for me. I don't have to get bitter and hateful, seek vengeance. I can keep a right heart, a right spirit. Sure, I got to draw on God's grace. Maybe not to fall apart with anxiety and fear. Stress. But the point is, he is there to do just that. To sustain you through any trial. And if you have saints and we're supposed to be going to church, they are there to lift you up. We are to carry one another's burdens. Philippians 4, 14 through 15. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Paul was appreciating them. The church in Philippi knew Paul was in trouble. They wanted to support and bless him in his suffering and his pain. See, Paul deeply appreciated it. We deeply appreciate it when we're suffering. Don't you appreciate when people care about you? Yes. Amen? Amen? I have called many of you, if not all of you, different times. How are you doing? Are you okay? Philippians 4, 16 through 18. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound, I am full, have received. the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. These gifts Paul received were probably basic necessities, food, etc. But he is grateful and he says, God is giving you a reward. He's adding it to your account. He sees what you're doing for me. that may abound to your account, he just flat tells them. You're getting credit in eternity. A sacrifice acceptable. They used to have to bring sacrifice to the temple. When we help one another, that's a sacrifice. God sees it. And he rewards. And he hears our prayers. 
Philippians 4.10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. So in every trial, every situation, Paul is saying there is grace. Not only from God, but the church members who God uses to extend his grace, mercy, his love. Paul was not only thanking the Philippians for their acts of grace, but assuring them God was and is faithful to meet every need. Remember the one, the widow that helped Elijah? God met her every need and the oil never ran out. When we help somebody else, God sees. And God, the Bible says, is not a debtor that he should lie. He will not forsake us when we help other people. He will not forsake us. Philippians 4, 11 through 12. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul said, hey, I am content in all things, whether I am rich, whether I am poor, and he experienced it all. Highly educated. He experienced it all. Parents. Educated, very well off. Paul was. He knew how to walk with the kings. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which gives me the strength. They took it away. Yet, in all of his troubles, shipwrecked, beaten, left for dead, whipped, flogged, in prison, in chains. I can do all things. He wasn't defeated. But it is also kind of you to share my trouble, he told them. Yes, God is with me. He sustains me. But it is also kind of you to share in my suffering, to minister to me. It makes it easier He would have survived his relationship with God, but it makes it easier if we help. It's like going outside in the snow, in the ice, and you freeze. If you have a coat, it makes it easier. But nevertheless, you're not going to deny Christ. It's also kind of you, Paul said, to share my trouble. Philippians 4.14, notwithstanding, you have done well, that you did communicate with my affliction. You paid attention. You expressed, expressed your love, not only verbally, but you offered acts of kindness. You gave gifts. Paul likens the Philippians' kindness to a sacrificial offering that pleases the Lord. You want to please the Lord? Give grace. You want to make the Lord not happy? Withhold grace. 
but I'm going to make them feel my pain. I'm going to treat them like they treated me. I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to do this. You're not reaping up treasures in heaven. You better be very careful if you want your prayers answered. Philippians 4.18. But I have all and abound. I am full, have received. Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you in odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. You sent people with kindness. I've received it. Thank you. I've lived all over the world. When people have sent me kindness, I receive it, and I say, thank you, I appreciate it. We need gifts and kindness to continue operating World Ministries International, and we receive it, and I say, thank you, and God sees, and he'll bless you. Because we're partners together and getting the gospel around the world. God sees, he blesses. He says, your kindness is sacrifices unto me. Your kindness in supporting the ministry. Sharing one another's burdens is what Paul meant when he said that they were his partners. When people help one another, we are partners with Christ ministering to his church. When people help WMI in finances, we are partners getting the gospel out to the nations. David led the charge. But there was an army, finally, behind David because of David's courage, that charge too. They were partners, they were a team, they were on the same field together. And the Hebrews did not become slaves that day. They had their freedom. Philippians 1, 4 through 5, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with joy. Every prayer of mine for you, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, Paul blessed them. He thanked God for them. He offered prayers to bless them. He appreciated it. We are all teammates of the Lord Jesus Christ, helping one another. This is what the church is all about. This is why a person needs to find a local church and minister there so not only they can help get the gospel out, they can help others in their need and they can receive help when they need it. We help one another. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. We stand with those that are suffering. Philippians 1.7, even as it is meet for me to think this of you, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. Wow. Paul understood grace. Paul lived grace. Paul gave grace. Paul understood what it was to receive grace. He was receiving grace, love, kindness from these people. And he thanked God for them. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, 
that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's the heart of an apostle. Should be the heart of every pastor. Should be the heart of every person to have grace and love one for another. To worry about their soul. To forgive even though they might not deserve it. But God forgave us when we didn't deserve it. Who are you to withhold? Grace is what we all need for ourselves and to give others. When I was in law enforcement, I treated prisoners differently until I understood grace. When I understood grace, but for the grace of God, there go I, I could be in prison. I could be in the backseat arrested. I realized I could be that prisoner. Now I started to love the unlovely. I tried to lead the prisoner to the Lord before booking him or her into jail. Yes, this world needs to know grace, and they will only know grace through you and I. We need grace, ladies and gentlemen. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. You can listen to this message time and time again. Get my pastoral articles. Give a donation. Receive grace. Give grace. God bless you. You're going to be hearing a message from my oldest daughter, Tamara Jean Hansen Goldstrom, and she'll be speaking on Hidden with Christ in Glory. And she shared it at her church. There were people in there making some noise, so you're going to have to listen very carefully. She starts off by asking them to imagine with her that they are Paul, the great apostle of the faith. She goes on by sharing how we are one with Christ and the veil is torn. She gives testimony of seven years ago. She heard the audible voice of God. And nine years ago, she found herself in the throne room of God and her name was there in the book of life. Now, let's go to the message. Nothing to imagine with me that you're appalled. It's dark. It's perhaps cold. You can hear mice scurrying in the background. You're hungry, but does he feel it? You hear a cough in the cell next to you. What is Paul doing? He's writing feverishly, fullness of God within him. He doesn't even notice his surroundings. He is so overcome with the goodness of God and the fullness of glory. Now go to, with me to a completely different realm. This one is full of people who've gathered in expectation. They are excited. Paul has sent a letter. What is it that he will say? They can't wait to hear as someone reads. There's a hush in the room. Everyone leans in to hear the message. It's Colossians 3, verses 1 through 5. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, we feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. 
And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will be revealed also. For you are now one with him in glory. Live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who has died to the desires for forbidden things, including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. So Colossians is four chapters long, and this is smack dab right there in the middle. And the first two chapters leading up to this, Paul is talking to the Colossians. Well, the whole book, really, is very tender, like a father talking to his children. This is actually the fruit of his three-year ministry in Ephesus. He hasn't probably met these Colossians. Someone who came to know Jesus through Paul's ministry goes and starts this church. So he hasn't even met them, but he's writing to them because he's heard about all of the philosophies and the different thoughts and ideas that are going on around them and even the different things they think they might have to do to please Christ. And he wants to set it straight that it is all about Christ alone. Come on. That there is nothing that we can do to add to the gospel that Christ, when he died for you and when he resurrected and came to life, that is enough. Mm. That's the first two chapters leading up to this. And then the last two chapters at the end are full of lots of practical stuff on how to do that in real life. So I want to share with you about seven years ago, I heard the audible voice of God for the first time. And I thought someone in the room must have heard him too. It was that clear. Mm. I was in the hospital with my mama, and she took her last breath. She had cancer. She passed from this life into eternity. And I heard Jesus say to me, do you trust me? And everything in me was like, no, 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 no. She can't go. She can't go. But I held on to what he said to me. That was my hope of glory is what got me through the months of grieving after that. I said, I will see my mom again. There is power in the resurrection. I will see my mom again. Yeah. That's right. Mm. That's right. So this, this passage here, oftentimes when we talk about this passage, that is what we are looking to, the hope of glory. And that's absolutely true. It says for that since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. So now I'm in the new living version. And, you know, that is, that is the truth. That is the reality that we live in this life. Mm-hmm. How do we, we, all of us, do all of you want to make a difference, to have purpose? Of course, we want to grow up and we want to do big things for God. And um, this is how we do it, actually. It's actually setting our eyes on eternity, that this is just a, a small part, it's a glimpse, a taste of what is to come. But this passage is, is more than just that. It's also the present. It mm. takes what Jesus did in the past, and it is also present He died, and we have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer us who live any longer. It is Christ alive in us. Mm -hmm. We are new creations. The old has passed away. Behold, we have become new. Mm -hmm. How do we live that way now? What does it look like to be one with Christ and full of glory? So I had this experience with the Lord, and I've had it actually twice in my life. And the first time was nine years ago. And I found myself in the throne room of God. And Jesus was there. And the Father. And the Father showed me my name written. Mm. And in that moment, I realized that I belonged. 
I belonged. I had a place in the throne room. It was my place. My name was written there. And in my heart, I felt like the Spirit of God. I felt like in Romans we hear about this verse that Paul writes, Abba, Abba, and that rising up within you. And I knew I was born again. Mm-hmm. And so we see in this passage over and over, I won't read it all, but if you go through it, different verses, it says, your new life with Christ. Then it says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life in your real life. You see this contrast between who we were and who we are. Mm-hmm. And look, put to death the sinful earthly things, all the bad things that you've ever done. All your failures, your sin, that is not who you are. You are a child of God and you belong. Your new life is hidden with him in Christ. So this last week, my children and I started preparing for Christmas. And I have five children. And we were putting up the Christmas tree. And as we put, we have like this white cloth that looks like snow that my daughter really loves. And we were putting it to hide the Christmas tree stand. And I thought of this, you know, preparing to talk to you today, and I thought, oh, is that what it means to be hidden with Christ and God? And then I thought about when I was playing hide-and-seek, my six-year-old Natalie, she always hides in the same spot, and she loves to hide in her stuffed animal bin, right? On her little face, and all her little stuffed animals. And when you're at a distance, you almost can't see where Natalie begins and when her, where her stuffies begin. You know, she's like hidden. And I thought, we're getting closer to what it means. Mm -hmm. And then if you look, Jesus himself in the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about being the salt of the earth. Then he gives this example about yeast and dough. Have any of you ever made uh, bread with your mama or your grandma? You put the yeast in and you let it sit and it permeates and it becomes one with the dough. And so that you can no longer separate the yeast from the dough. Mm -hmm. It is one with the dough. Yes, this is who we are in Christ. We are hidden with him in Christ. There's no longer any separation between him and who I am in him. The fullness lives in me. The power of his resurrection is alive in me, and I am a new creation. And Jesus, he has this prayer that he prays with Father before he goes to heaven. And he prays, he says, Father, I wish that my disciples would be one, like you and I are one. We are one with Christ. Last year, I was going to the healing rooms, and I was so tired. I was just really, really tired. And I was driving, and I thought, maybe I should just turn back. I have no energy to pray for anybody. I don't have any faith to pray that they will be healed. And I heard the Lord speaking to me in my heart. He said to Mara, apart from me, you can do nothing. You go, and you be faithful, you be yielded, and you're not going to have to do anything today. So I went, and I ended up just experiencing the love and the joy of God. I laughed, and I laughed on the floor, and I ended up not praying for anyone. But here is the beautiful thing. People, for three hours, um, Jared, who is our leader of that team in the healing rooms, he started to have this like game. He began to bring people to me, they would they would put their hands on my feet and they would fall down also in the joy of the Lord and get up healed. Wow. And then t- towards the end, it became like this game between him and Chuck Perry of like, okay, now let's see how close they can get and not touch her before they fall down. <laughs> <laughs> because God is so much fun. And I went away so full of the glory of God and I realized something. It is not about you or me. It is not yeah. about if I 
feel anointed. Yeah. It's not about any of that. Yeah. Anything that I have ever done or will do. Yeah. It's about being one with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. The power of the resurrection. Yeah. In me. And that is for you too. This is not just my testimony, it's yours. Wow. Last thing I want to share with you, and then I want us to pray, is this. The veil was torn. Did you know that there used to be a veil that separated the people of God from his most holy place in the mm. temple? It's like 20 feet high, 60 feet wide, 4 inches thick. When Jesus died on the cross, that veil was torn. There is no more separation. You can go into the secret place with God at home in your room. You can go into that hidden place with him. And you can taste of him and see that he is good. That is his hidden glory alive in you. Yes, we will have it in heaven, but we have access to it right now. Anytime, any moment, any place. I want you to put your hand on your heart. I want you to lean into the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We rule and we reign with you. We are seated with you in heavenly places. You have the mind of Christ. I want you to picture in your imagination Jesus. His blood is flowing through you. His his blood is flowing through your veins. Every fiber, every cell of your being is alive with Christ. His glory is alive in you. Now you're seated with him at the right hand of God, all power, all authority. What shall we do, God? What shall we do, Father? Heaven of God, come. Will of God be done in our hearts, in my family, in my school, in my neighborhood. Yes, Jesus, in Reading, in my church, in the nations, in the world. Yes, Lord, come. Yes, Lord, come. Yes, Amen. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this message. I'm so very proud of my daughter, Tamara Hansen. I should say Tamara Jean Hansen Goldstrom. She'll always be my little Tammy. She spoke this message December 2022. In a few minutes, we're going to listen to my three daughters who in August 2002 on my warning television program sang a beautiful song titled O Safuni Mungu. And Tammy will tell you what it means. But let me make a few comments. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 tells us, For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Grace is what God gives us, and grace is what the church needs to give to other people to win them to the Lord and to minister to one another. We all need grace, and this is one reason we need to attend a church. 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen: the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The Apostle Paul understood the loneliness of suffering alone. He also appreciated the fellowship of the brethren that ministered to him. Philippians 1, 3-5, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. 
So Paul used the word thank, which is the same root word as Eucharist. Eucharist is the word used for communion, the bread and wine, representing the body and blood of Jesus. The EU in Eucharist means well, whereas the second part of the Eucharist is charis, means grace. So Paul was thanking God for the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit was doing as his comforter, as the Lord had promised in Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is he that go with thee. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Joshua 1.5, There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life, As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he had said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And John 14, 16, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And again, the second part of Eucharist, charis, means grace. So Paul was not only thanking God for always being there inside of him to comfort and guide him, but he was also thanking the brethren for being there for him. He was thanking the church for standing with him in his crisis. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Through Christ. That's what Tamara said. At one time, she did not feel like praying for anybody But through Christ, Christ did the healing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus will use you. Trust in him. You can't heal anyone. Jesus can heal people. We are instructed to lay hands on the sick, and Jesus does the rest. Now, sit back and enjoy my three daughters, Tamara, Talitha, and Kareen, singing, O Safuni Mungu, and may God Richly, richly bless all of you. What a joy to be able to sing this song for you. Praise God. O Sifuni Mungu. This song I first heard when we lived in Kenya, and it is sung in Kiswahili as well as in English. The English verses interpret the actual Kiswahili. It's a beautiful song, and it talks about all of creation declaring the glory of God, the glory of the true and the living God. And even Jesus himself has said in in his Gospels that if the people do not praise me, the rocks themselves will cry out. And I love this song because it truly does declare and it cries out the glory of God. So please be blessed. Vimbe vyote vya mungu wetu Namfame wetu Vimbe vyote vya mungu wetu Namfame wetu Watu wote, viumbe vyote, awaye yote, sifu mungu. Brrr. 
Uatuote, fiumbe viote, awaye yote, sifumungu. All creatures of our God and King, sifunimungu. Lift up your voice and with us sing, sifunimungu. The burning sun with golden beam, imbeni, imbeni. The silver moon with softer gleam. Pazani sauti mbani Vyumbe vyote vya mungu wetu na mfame wetu Vyumbe vyote vya mungu wetu na mfame wetu Pazani sauti Ili nasimwimbe Pazani sauti Ili nasimwimbe Amen Watu wote all creatures, fiumbe vyote, everybody, awa ye yote, praise the Lord, sifumungu. Amen, watu wote, all creatures, fiumbe vyote, everybody, awa ye yote, praise the Lord, sifumungu. Thou rushing wind that art so strong, oh, sifuni mungu. Ye clouds that sail in heaven along, oh, sifuni mungu. Ye rise in morning, praise, rejoice. Imbeni, imbeni. Ye lights of evening find a voice. Pazani, sauti, imbeni. Vyumbe vyote vya mungu wetu na mfame wetu. Vyumbe vyote vya mungu wetu na mfame wetu. Pazeni sauti, ili nasimwimbe. Pazeni sauti, ili nasimwimbe. Amen. Watu wote, all creatures, vyumbe vyote. Everybody, awaye yote. Praise the Lord. Sifumungu, Amen. Watu wote, all creatures, fiumbe vyote, everybody, awaye yote. Praise the Lord. Sifumungu, the flowing water pure and clear. Make music for the Lord to hear. Thou fire so masterful and bright, that giveth man both warmth and light. Imbeni, imbeni, viumbe vyote vya mungu wetu, viumbe vyote vya mungu wetu, viumbe vyote vya mungu wetu, na mfame wetu. Oh, sifuni mungu, imbeni, oh, sifuni mungu, imbeni, oh, sifuni mungu, tumsifu mungu. Oh, sifuni mungu, imbeni, oh, sifuni mungu, imbeni, oh, sifuni mungu, tumsifu mungu, tumsifu mungu, tumsifu mungu, pazeni, sauti, nabote, imbeni, oh, sifuni mungu. Shannon, I'll tell you, the grace of God is so important. I remember, like... Tamara said, when she said she felt so exhausted, nothing to give, but yet people were healed one right after the other. I remember in Jamaica, I've been there nine times, major meetings. I was in Kingston, Jamaica in the morning that night. I had to go clear across the nation, the island, and speak in a 5,000-seat tent. 
I got there so late. I had four flat tires along the way. The devil didn't want me to get there. And they had been singing, just delaying until I arrived. I walked up on the platform. They turned it over. I preached a message and then called for salvation. Altars were flooded. Then I called for healing. A lady in the front row, blind, totally blind, couldn't even see me on the big platform. She fell over, liquid flowed out of her eyes, instantly healed. A man, born deaf, they brought him up on the top of the platform, touched him. He went around, just about knocked me off, instantly healed. I'll tell you, I kept praying for people, praying for people. You know, the Bible says virtue comes out of you. I was hurting. My colleagues around me said, Pastor, you're going to die. You've had a horrible day, long day, exhausting day. You've got to quit praying for people. They could see I was hurting. And I would keep kneeling down. I'd say, pray for me. I can't quit. Do you see everyone's being healed? I'd get up, pray some more, kneel down. They'd pray for me. And I kept doing it past midnight. That's the first time every single person in that 5,000-seat tent, every single person was healed. That is God in us. You know, the Bible says lay hands on the sick. People sometimes wonder, well, your job is to obey God. Lay hands on the sick and let God do the healing. But grace, mercy, hidden in the glory of God, hidden with Christ in glory. U Sufui Mungu. Give God all glory, all praise. Shannon, this is what the world needs. This is what the church needs. Shannon? Praise the Lord. What a powerful message tonight. And I tell you, I really enjoyed the music, too. It was great. Uh, folks, we're live with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, World Ministries International. Dr. Hansen, we're in 2023 now, and I really believe this is the time to uh, go all in for Jesus Christ. And one way people can do that is they can support a frontline ministry like World Ministries. How can people be a partner with you this year? Okay. You could write, if you want to send an envelope to our office, you would send it on the check. Just put WMI, WMI. Then send it to World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Again, World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. You can telephone 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. Once again, 360-629-5248, and operators will be glad to take your donations. We accept credit cards. Also, PayPal. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Once again, worldministries.org. We take donations right off that. The website, again, PayPal, other forms of donations. 
but uh, we greatly appreciate your help. It does cost money. We ended up over $40,000 in the red as far as not making budget at the close of the year. So we would appreciate, deeply appreciate whatever you could do. But it's time, like Shannon Davis, we're doing this with Shannon Davis, Omega Man Radio tonight, simulcast program. And uh, we are at the point that we're in crisis in America, as well as the nations. We need another great awakening. We've got to have another great awakening. Doesn't matter if you put all conservatives in every form of government. The United States Senate, House of Representatives, Supreme Court, White House even. If we don't have another great awakening, because even the Republicans are accepting homosexuality. If we don't have another great awakening, we're only delaying the toppling of the Republic. We've got to have another great awakening. Four sins bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel. Join, subscribe to Eagle Saving Nations right off my website, worldministries.org. We're trying to get into the national stadiums, football stadiums, basketball arenas, civic centers, large churches, venues, focused on, again, the power of God. Once again, what Jesus said, be baptized in my Holy Spirit. Receive my comforter before you try to represent me. We want the church once again filled with God, with the power of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then move out with courage and boldness, strength, not intimidated like Peter was before he was baptized where he ran, hid, hide, and lied. When he was baptized, he spoke and 3,000 were saved. We need another great awakening. Once again, go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Subscribe to Eagle Saving Nations. Let's get into the stadiums. Let's have another great awakening. Let's have a move of God like we've never seen ever in the history of the church. God bless you, Shannon. Amen. Also want to alert people to get to YouTube and subscribe to World Ministries International YouTube channel where they're also streaming tonight, and hit that subscribe button, and you'll be alerted to other live broadcasts. Dr. Hansen, can you close us in prayer tonight? Father God, thank you so much. I want to thank you, dear God, for everything you're doing. Without you, there's nothing we can say. It's all you. I thank you for Shannon Davis, what he's doing on Omega Man Radio. Bless him, encourage him, strengthen him, provide all his needs. Here on Warning Television Program, Radio, Shortwave. Father God, supply our needs. We need to continue to go forth as hard as we can, even on national and international television and radio. Help us, dear God, with the time we have left to explode the truth on the airways, the gospel of Jesus Christ, because there's only the gospel that will stop this insane world from total destruction. It's only the gospel that can turn things around and bring blessings out of deterioration. Help us, dear God, with the gospel of Jesus Christ to put out there so we can see America and other nations repent and be blessed once again instead of self-destructing. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Dr. Hansen, for this opportunity to work with you in World Ministries. We love you all. We'll see you next time. God bless you, Shannon. <laughs> 